I love this time of year because we're all thinking about goals and priorities and what we want. But have you had to take a vacation to the list? Because you should. And right now is the perfect time to plan your trip. And all you need is one website. Say hello to Expedia. One-stop shop for killer vacation planning. Expedia literally has every tool and everything you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a one key member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. Have you ever heard about the Your Garage feature on cars.com? Here's how it works. You add your car to Your Garage to track its market value and cash in when the time is right to sell. Track both your car's historical, real-time, and projected value. And then when it's time to sell, easily secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. So it's Mel, and welcome to the Mel Robbins Podcast. All right. Um, I'm really excited to see what happens here because I was just sitting here with my good friend, Amy, and we were chatting up a storm. And by the way, we also work together and something happened. And I thought, let's just hit record because I said to Amy, how you doing? And she looked at me and she said, like, everything's great. And I'm just in a bad mood today. I feel like below the line, not so great. What does below the line mean? What does that mean? Below the line is like, it just means that you're, you're in a state of mind where you basically like can't really take responsibility for how you feel almost like you're, yeah, like it's like a weird thing. Like it's, I wish I could explain it better and maybe I will, but it's kind of like, you're just in kind of like blame mode where you're not taking responsibility for your own stuff. And you're just kind of like, Oh God, you know, my husband, like it's so oh. annoying, like that sort of thing. God. So you it. feel like it's like a victim. So is that, mode. so when you say that you're, cause, cause here's what I want you guys to know. Cause you're going to get to know Amy as you begin <laughs> listen to more and more podcast episodes. Cause she's really screwed up and no, you are not. <laughs> well, I only have friends. That, that are, are screwed up really screwed and that up. are working on it. It's a privilege, Mal. Thank you. No, because yeah. I don't like perfect people no, or right. people who pretend to be. Nobody does. And right. I also don't like shallow conversations. Right. A hundred percent. And if you go deep with anybody, what you actually hit are the things that people are working on. Right. And so right. one of the things that, that first of all, I got to say is that when you said, I don't feel like myself, I'm in a bad mood today. Yeah. I have never experienced you in a bad mood. I know. <laughs> I know. I know that sounds bad, but like, I know I rarely experience myself in a bad mood. So I don't like this feeling. I'm kind of like, you know, maybe you can hear it in my voice. I feel like I'm going to cry a little bit. Like, yeah, you did look myself? like you. Well, you did look at one point. Yeah. Like you had I these glassy, like light, light blue, beautiful eyes, but they started getting a little watery. I know. As you said, I'm kind of sad and yeah. or mad. You said mad, though, I thought you said. Did I say that? Or bad mood. You said bad. These are all words that rhyme. Bad, <laughs> sad, mad. Well, let's turn this into rad. So here's what I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. I, I had a therapy call this morning and this tool that my therapist and Davin just shared with me, I not only think I know it's going to help you because it really helped me. But before I share that tool with you, I just want to ask you a question. You said something about like you need to take responsibility for how you're feeling or whatever. Why can't you just be in a bad mood? 
I think there are two parts to it. Number one, I don't like the feeling of being in a bad mood. Let's unpack that. Um, and then number two is I don't know how to be in a bad mood. Like, and just let it go. Like feel the feelings and just let them go. It's like, I feel kind of like, I don't know, how do I do this? Like, how do I manage myself through this bad mood? Because I'll tell you what, like when you're somebody, when you have this, I don't even know how to say this, but I'll just say it very plainly. Like when you're normally in a good mood and you're in a bad mood, people notice. People ask you like, hey, what's up? And then you kind of feel like, am I the barometer? Like this is, I'm having a bad day. I I just need my time. And then so that external stuff, the people asking you about it makes you feel kind of like, what is going on? What is happening with me? Did something happen or did you just wake up in a bad mood? I just woke up in a bad mood. I blame menopause. (sighs) Good call. No, I wanted to share something with you because then you also said, I'm just trying to hook into like, how do I feel or yeah. what the hell is happening? Yeah. And I haven't felt like this in a long time. Okay. So. That's what I wanted to share with you. Yeah. So I've just spent the last 14 days on the road mm-hmm. and normally being on the road is a huge freaking chafe. And yeah. the past 14 days has been the exact opposite of that. We went to Montreal and everything was smooth sailing. The speech was great. We had a great dinner when we got there. And then I uh, got a text from my friend Jay Shetty and he's like, hey, Mel, are you in Montreal? And I'm like, yeah, I'm at the Four Seasons. And he's like, I'm I'm here too. He's six floors above me. So I go up, we hang out. I then fly to Boston. I see my daughter. I see some friends. I then fly to a family wedding in uh, Montana. I see Chris. We have this incredible time. It was an amazing, like, just imagine a cool Montana wedding. Yeah. And as we're driving up here uh, from New York City, it is the most spectacular, spectacular fall. Yeah. I have ever seen. Mm Mm-hmm. In my entire life in New England. I agree. And I am soaking it in. Not to mention, if we want to make the image perfectly Disney-esque, <laughs> I have a brand new baby puppy. In your lap. In my lap. <laughs> and I am just soaking it in. And then I get a text. And I learn that we have just surpassed a half a million downloads in, la- in one week flat. <laughs> On our like it is too much. it is Amy's last two to three months pure perfection oh yeah yeah just oh, like yeah. actual actual yeah. magic people right. like just everything magic. it is like driving up uh whatever Third Avenue in New York City or Lexington or whatever and every light turns oh, yeah. green right and you are just catching it and right catching and you're it. on your way to a massage appointment oh that would be amazing that, right like it's like yeah. gonna yeah. end great. yeah yeah totally yeah. so we pull in to the yeah. house yeah i get out of the car my husband chris comes out of the house beautiful house that we've been building <laughs> and the man <laughs> is wearing a red flannel shirt Yes. He looks very Vermont handsome. He had clogs on. He had like, clogs right? with wool socks wool on. Wool socks. Yep. Yes. Yep. He he was just looking amazing. Yes. The colors are exploding. 
I see two women that I adore, that I love. I see Amy, who you're <laughs> listening to. I see Jesse. Yeah. It's just perfection. Yes. And as I walk into this house oh. and I see you guys, I feel a massive wave of anxiety. Maybe you felt my anxiety? <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't yours. I. It was mine. You felt some, okay. It wasn't yours. It was mine. Yeah. And I felt myself literally leaving my body. And oh my gosh. I put my hand on my heart and I used the tools from the episode that we did with Dr. Kennedy yeah. about healing anxiety. And I started like saying, okay, that's the alarm of little Mel. Yeah. Okay. And what is little Mel trying to tell me right now? Because this is a very familiar feeling, just like I bet kind of feeling either sad yeah. or low energy or angry or whatever it might be that you're feeling. Yeah. Is somewhere deep down a yes. very familiar feeling. Yes. And so I tell myself, okay, Mel, you're okay right now. I love you. It's okay. You know, I know you all of a sudden feel sad for some reason. And I did. I felt like what I just, what I would describe is I felt this heaviness all of a sudden. I felt this sadness. And the second you feel, or for me, what I learned from Dr. Kennedy in that episode is the second that you feel that sort of negative sensation in your body, I could feel myself doing exactly what Dr. Kennedy taught us in episode four, which is I could feel myself going up into my brain and saying, what's wrong with me? I don't feel like myself. Yeah. Why do I feel like this? And then I start scanning around me and I go, oh, it's because I'm here and our family is texting about these, this puppy because he's just arrived and our girls are going, I wish I were there. I wish you were there. And it makes me sad that they can't be here Yeah. because they can't drive from LA right now. Yeah. And they got a job in Boston right now. And I felt this deep sadness and I'm like, but I don't think that's what it is. So fast forward and lo and behold, it wasn't a massage appointment that was waiting for me when those green lights on third Avenue <laughs> kept hitting. I had a therapy call in place nice. for today. And so when I get on with my just profoundly gifted therapist, yeah, I'm Anne so glad Davin. you go to therapy. Oh my God, it's Anne great. Davin, you are my saving grace. And, I love and this woman. mine too, Anne, you, you didn't know this. <laughs> but um, it's a two for one. When you talk to Mel, I get the, I get the goods too. I so always I, unpack like, my therapy yeah. sessions with you it's or with Chris. really good. Yeah. She and is. She's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So I say to her, I, I explain this whole delicious Disney yeah. scene. Just like your life has been this Disney-esque thing for the last two months, right? right? Of everything is working. Yeah. Even in the ups and downs, yeah. it's working, right. right? It's like, yeah. And um, I say to her, after describing these past 14 amazing days, yeah. she had me close my eyes and she asked me where in my body was I feeling this thing? Mm. And I said it was for me, a, uh, it was almost like a, 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 like a, a brass corset that you would expect somebody to wear on House of Dragons Ooh. around my lower, uh, ribs. Yeah. Do you, where do you feel like the heaviness and the sadness? Like the upper, the upper chest, you know, yeah. like maybe even into the neck, the uh -huh. tight, like my back, the back of my neck, like yeah. the tightness there. 
So she told me to close my eyes once I had that kind of what is it made of? What is the shape? And now a mat. And what what is what is your thing made of? Like when you feel that sadness? Mm, It's kind of like an oil slick. Whoa. Really? It's viscous like that? It is. It's 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 thickish and yeah, and viscous. Wow. Wow. So she told me to kind of imagine that thing floating away from my body so I could see it in space. Yeah. And then she told me, I want you to imagine, for me, it was this copper, like corset thing. I want you to imagine that it's now taking the shape of you at a younger age. Do you have an age in mind? I... I'm always eight. Okay. It's always my age. So yes. Okay. I had one too. It was, um, it was, uh, high school. Oh, and then all of a sudden, and I had a very specific memory of me in high school. And the memory is one of the worst things that ever happened to me. Yeah. I'm almost embarrassed to tell you that. Oh gosh. And. Selfie. Well. What was it? Senior year of high school, our English teacher decided it'd be really awesome if we read Dante's, what is it, Dante's Inferno? Inferno, right. And then as a wonderful exercise of learning how to write in that cantos or whatever oh, the heck it's right. called, yeah, yeah. that we would each be, <laughs> do you hear this assignment? <laughs> Sounds dorky right away, but yeah. We had to write one in that cantos, what format, yeah. poem thing, sending someone else in the class to hell. Wow. And then... And then what the fuck kind of high school? <laughs> then yeah, you know, public high school. <laughs> and then <laughs> the teacher left immediately after that year was done. And then yeah. it gets worse. After turning it in. Yeah. What? You read them out loud. Oh, of course. God damn it. The first like six or seven were about me. No. <laughs> yes. And if I'm being honest, I was an asshole in high school. Like I, I was a complete insecure, anxiety ridden, like pretentious, condescending, insecure. I had not processed a single bit of my trauma. I had not even remembered that I had been molested. Like that's how oh my just yeah. miserable I was and how yeah. raging the anxiety was. I don't blame everybody. I right. would have picked Mel Robbins, right. Right. Ice, well, Mel Schneeberger. But Mel Schneeberger, insecure in that seat. You oh. must have dealt with that in a, in the most horrific way. Like you couldn't process that. I sat there, Amy, and said, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm yeah. not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not right. going to try. And then what happened? I could feel the tears coming and I got God up and left the classroom damn. and left the school and did not go back to school for a couple of days. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, And... On one hand, I go, well, you fucking deserved it because you were a complete bitch. Seriously. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, I, I knew how much I was struggling. I knew yeah. how much I hated myself. Yeah. I knew how insecure I was. And so that was the memory that came to mind because I, was, I, I immediately felt that pain of sitting there in that moment and my rib cage tightening, like like the like the armor going up. Yeah. And so I then said, but wait a minute. Here's what I'm realizing. 
When my anxiety started to truly spiral, and I would say things really started spinning out of control for me junior year of high school, every fall, despite the fact that it was my favorite season, was the most acute moment for me in my anxiety. And every fall, uh, junior and senior year of high school, every fall of Dartmouth, the fall I spent overseas, horrible. The three falls I spent in law school, horrible. And then I met Chris the first year I lived in New York at the end of the fall season. And I said to her, I said, I think there is a connection with this feeling and the season of fall. But, and what's... Why? Like, what do you, what do you think that's all about? Well, she said, well, it makes sense because here you are at a moment in your development where you're basically, I think the word is individuating in the, yes. What's okay. it, is that the right word? I mean, I don't know if it's individuating, but yeah, like you're, you're, you're becoming your own self and you're like realizing your shit and like yes. yeah, taking yes. responsibility for it. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. you're not diagnosed with anxiety yet. Right. And you are coping with alcohol yeah. And by attaching yourself in a very like suffocating, meaning Mel, you're suffocating him <laughs> relationship. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I even said to her, I didn't really engage in classes either. No. Like I literally was checked out for most of my college years. I, I relate to that so much. Like, and everybody says like college is this amazing time. Like when you have trauma in your past, like you can barely remember it. Yeah. You're like, I hope I did okay. Yeah. I have report cards that are in my dresser in my parents' house that have never been opened. Like, <laughs> oh my God. I was just like, I hope I did okay. I couldn't even look at them. Oh so yeah, God. it's like, it's, 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 yes, you're in college and you're having a hard time. And yeah. so I then kept going and she said, and you know, there's two things going on. You process seasons and seasonal changes, both through the limbic brain Okay. And through like circadian rhythm. Okay. And, and so you're processing things from a psychological and a emotional and chemical and physiological level. Oh. And as the days get shorter and as night starts to go and as this huge season of change happens. smell too, like yep. the smell of fall and yep. the, all the yep. triggers of fall. They're yep. huge. Yep. And she said that, you know, this is triggering all your stored memories Whew. of all the very difficult transitions that you went through as a young adult right. in fall, marked by your self-hatred, marked by your disassociation. Wow. So it gets even cooler and better. So I'm now like, oh my God, I have to move from Vermont. I can't <gasps> live in the mountains. I can't live <laughs> surrounded by the fall. This place is all pumpkin lattes and corn stalks and farms and, yes, and the so leaves true. turning and leaf beavers. Get yes. me the fuck out of here. Uh, yeah. And then she said, and your primary, primary uh, symptom when you felt injured or scared or alone or sad is to disassociate and disconnect. <clears throat> and then she says, and I want you to consider that you have done two years of intense therapy. You've done two years of intense, two years of intentional changes mm -hmm. in your business, in where you live, in your 
marriage, in your own psychology, your own nervous system. And she said, you are strengthening this muscle inside of you to be in a state of flow, to be present, to be your full expression, to allow happiness and connection in, to let the love in. And you just, in the past 14 days, Mel, you just were the purest expression of your highest self. And you have figured out through what you do, whether it's talking to people that you bump into that are fans that are are impacted by your work as you're eating dinner or you're walking down the street, that is a pure expression of the light inside you. Mm. If you're standing on a stage, if you're seeing friends who are magically like Jay was six stories above, if you're allowing people to celebrate you, if you're creating, because I said to her, "I, I have never felt more creatively energized. She said, of course not. Because you're letting love in and because you are letting people in and because you are working so hard on your own healing, you're able to receive. But let me tell you, and this is where she flipped it on me and where I think that there is a connection for you. Yeah. This is where Anne flipped the pancake and I wasn't ready yet. Uh, You know, there are those pieces (laughs) that get left on the pan. Yes. She goes, you have not done that work yet completely in your private life. So when you're with friends, when you're creating something, when you're out and about and in the world and you are channeling all of who you are into service and making a difference through the work that you do and how you show up for other people, she said, we have been working in therapy on you being able to do that same thing for yourself as an individual when you're in private moments. Hmm. Yeah. And so she said, it's not surprising that since you were plugged into this part of you that can channel magic and the divine and flow states and quantum and you are your highest level of service, that when, and you're, you're driving up to Vermont and you're highly connected to all these beautiful colors and you're in a state of awe and it's just incredible. And then you walk into this beautiful house and all there is to do is for you to just be. That injured part of you, that, that kid that was sitting in that seat in high school being sent to hell, that kid that felt lonely or sad or unseen, that part of you looks for a place to plug in. And it was, and she said, and what you always did is you disassociated. Mm -hmm. And that's all that's happened. And she also then said the fact that you recognized it, the fact that you recognized that your mind started racing for answers. So of course she would go, well, my daughters aren't here. That's why Mm -hmm. I'm sad. That's Mm -hmm. why I feel, that's Mm -hmm. not why I feel this. I feel this because my body, and I learned this from Dr. Becky, you are an adult living in the body that you were born in, fashioned by the experiences that your mind doesn't have a story to tell about. And so I still have that body of feeling sad and feeling lonely. And the only thing that my body does in those moments is it disassociates. And so the opportunity for me in those moments is to notice it, to not try to change it, right? 
Because I've decided that tonight, I said to Chris, all I want to do is lay on the couch with you and watch a movie. Right. Like I used to do when I was a kid. Just want to watch a movie. Sounds awesome. Okay, I'm going to stop talking because I really want to hear what Amy's thinking, and I'm sure you do too. We're going to do that next. The Mel Robbins Podcast is proudly sponsored by Amica Insurance, our exclusive insurance partner. Amica understands how important it is to protect the things that matter most to you. So they'll put in the time to make sure you're taken care of, whether it's talking through all the details of your policy or following up after a claim. Your auto, home, and life insurance are more than just policies. They're protection for the life you've built. As Amica says, empathy is our best policy. Go to amica.com and get a quote today. So Amy, what are you getting from this? Immediately when, you know, when I, 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 when you did that exercise with like, where do you feel, where do you feel your shit? I don't know. What's that exercise called? Well, like, you, where you, do you close feel, your eyes yeah, you, right. and you like, where do you feel the pressure or the tension right. or the sadness? And tell everybody what you said again Let's, right. and, and I'll walk you through it. Like my upper chest and my, and my neck area is where I felt it. And what do you feel it now? You know, it's still there, but it's, it's significantly less. And can you visualize that oily, viscous thing floating out in front of you? Yeah. I actually find it easier to take a step back from it, but yeah. And same thing. when you turn it into yourself at any age, what is it? Oh, I immediately feel so bad for that kid. Just, I just feel so bad for that kid. And what comes up for me is just being left out, you know, not being like the favorite, not ever being able to be the favorite. Did this happen because you listened to the episode on narcissism by any chance? I happened to do that. I happened to do that, yes. And were you like the scapegoat of your family? Um, I definitely was not the golden child. My my brother was the golden child. And then, of course, my brother died. My brother had cancer for two years. He died at the age of 12 and I was 10. And like when the golden child is six feet under... They are even more golden than, you know, like you can't compete with somebody who isn't even here. Like he was just so fantastic. And I mean that funny and not funny. Like he really was fantastic. And also he was too fantastic for me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just, and I am, so I listened to the narcissist episode and I got so much from it, even though I have studied that for a really long time, you know, it's still, it comes up in layers, right? Like you're ready to hear one part and then you hear it a few months or a few years later and you, and you're like, oh my God, I'm hearing this part and you can get stronger and stronger in it. And that means you have to understand more and more of it too. So, um, yeah, that was really helpful. And also I'm doing work on that part. That what, what triggered you today? What do you think is it like, cause, cause for me, I, it made a lot of sense for me when she said, you know, you have been really dialed in, in a very yeah. healed way and feeling very empowered. And at some point 
you're going to feel injured again. And it was the fall. And it was the, oh, she used this analogy. She said, it's like you've been riding a roller coaster that was awesome. And then you get off that roller coaster and you feel shaky. (gasps) Yeah. That's really good. You should just like record your therapy sessions. Then we don't have to talk. About I them have afterwards. asked Anne. I, she said she is <laughs> thinking about it. Okay, good. I, I have asked her if she would be willing to come on once a month. Yeah. Yeah. And I would do therapy with her. It's just so smart. Or anybody. Yeah. Anne. Like that idea of the roller coaster, roller coaster. And you know what? What other thought I had too, which was like, I hope I don't have this thought, but I think I have this thought, which is, um, the other shoe always has to drop, you know, like it's so great. What are you going to make? That's, you know, going to be shitty now because it just has to be shitty. You know, I just, I don't think I'm that person, but I was like, Oh shit. Am I that person? That's like now making things bad because I can't cope with things that are really fucking awesome. I won't be able to deal with it. So I have to kind of like, make things bad. And when there's nothing bad, this is what I'm learning about myself, is that this is such a coping mechanism. Yeah. To lower your expectations or to disassociate or to feel lonely or alone. The story that you told yourself as a kid, even though yours was true, by the way. Yeah. That did happen. It's true. And I don't need to believe it for myself now as an adult. I can let that go. But I think there's a lot of emotion and letting that go and just allowing that to come up is important and painful sometimes. It's painful, you know? It is. And I, you know, the more that I'm aware of sort of these moments where I disassociate or the injured part of me uh, appears from childhood, my natural instinct is to be like, "Ah, let's just have a drink. Yeah. Or let's just laugh this away or let's just ignore this sensation and get busy. Of course. And I'm trying so hard to get curious instead. Yeah. To go, oh, there it is. Don't 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 start making up a story. Say it out loud to yourself. Oh, I'm actually feeling really sad. Out loud, you have yeah. to say it. That well, is I good, am. I'm like, because yeah. I, I, otherwise I think about it. Right, right. And and we know the thinking is not what we need to be doing right now yep. in those uh, moments. Definitely not. And then I turned to Chris. I was going to say, I hope you have like a, like, I hope you do. Yeah. So what do you say to Chris? Well, first I put my hand on my heart because I know now from Dr. Uh, Kennedy, Russell Kennedy on the heal your anxiety stuff that you have to first reassure yourself. You have to give yourself love in that moment. Yeah. You have to affirm your okayness. You got to let your own love in. Yeah. And so I did that and it, it definitely quieted the alarm. But I really wanted more because I don't like to feel this way. I know. And so I just asked Chris if he would give me a hug. And I said to him, I said, I feel anxious. I I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to feel this way. And so I just, you know, hugged him in that great soft red flannel <laughs> shirt. Yeah. Right. Ferity, if you ever want to sponsor this podcast, <laughs> let me know. Because my son, husband and son live in the legend <laughs> Plaid shirts. Um, Great hugging shirts, by the way. Um, I, and it was a nice long hug. Yeah. And it didn't, you know, it it got, it left the, it let the alarm go away, but I still felt that sort of out of body experience. Yeah. And it was talking to my therapist, Ann Davin Mm -hmm. and her going, well, there are two parts of you and there's two parts of 
all of us. There's two parts of Amy. There's two parts of you. There's the part of you that is, I'm just going to use the word divine, Mm -hmm. that you have the ability to tap into this flow state. You have magic to offer the world. It's those moments where you're lost in laughter or wonder or awe or creativity, where things feel effortless, where you feel like connected to something bigger. And I am working my ass off to figure out how to stay in that space more yeah, and not spend so much time in the other part of us, which is the injured part, the Mm. part of us from childhood that had to cope with whatever was happening to you as a young kid, most of which I'm learning more and more as we interview experts on this podcast and talk to people about their lived experiences that happened to you before you were even five, which means the only story you have about it is the story adults have told you about it. Right. If you even have a story about it, but your body has a memory of it. Yeah. And so these deep emotions, like the sadness that you're feeling or Mm -hmm. feeling off Mm -hmm. or not feeling like yourself, Mm -hmm. I think the more work you do on yourself, the more anytime you don't feel like yourself, is ding, 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 ding. Yeah. The injured you, you're drifting into the injured you. Yeah. Like, right. Just sit with it. Yeah. Cause they want you there and Mm -hmm. they need you there. And that's where you need to be. And you and I are both like, I don't want to be here. Oh, I hate it. (laughs) It's not fun. I'm like, can this bitch just go back to elementary school? Cause I am so over this. Can you get an au pair for your injured self and just have somebody else take care of it? Cause like, I don't want to do it. Like it is painful. You know, well, the other thing that Anne said to me that was so interesting, and I'm sure people have said this to me a million times before, but today I got it. Oh, I love that. You ready? Yeah, because I'll probably get it too now, I hope. (laughs) She said that that injured part of you is so familiar with whatever it was that you did as a kid to protect yourself from getting hurt. And an example of that would be, um, you know, if your parents were not that affectionate to begin with, you would start to learn why on earth would I put myself out there? Yeah. I'll just pull back. Right. Because not expecting it, not asking for it is a way to protect myself. It's better than being rejected. Yeah. From the rejection that I feel. Yeah. Or staying quiet. Yeah. So that you don't get in the middle of the fight or keeping the peace or all the things that you did to gain the approval and love and the okayness that we all needed as kids, right? That the injured part of you is so used to, for me, it is leaving my body Mm -hmm. and then getting stuck in my head, thinking all kinds of terrible things. Right. For you, what is it? Shame and sadness. Mm -hmm. What she said to me was this. She said, that injured part of you, whenever you feel the normal emotion of shame and sadness, right? Yeah. It is so used to reaching for the thing you did as a kid. Yeah. Which was for me, leave my body and go up in my head and start to worry. Right. And given the fact that I am in the season of the Mac Daddy unbelievable transition that involves not only the color, but the weather and 
very soon we're going to have my least favorite day of the year, which is the day we turn the clocks back. Oh, Lord. And it becomes dark yeah. at three o'clock in the afternoon. And I start to feel like winter is coming and it's Game of Thrones final episode. Oh, my God. Bill. <laughs> Cue the seasonal depression light ads. Oh, and Lord. I and I and I just no wonder. Yeah, I'm reaching for the uh oh, but I now have tools. Yeah, to not be scared of it and to be able to go. Oh, that's that part of me that I call you know the injured self. So what does Anne say? Like, is she like we have to break this habit? No, she says so, no. she's literally like nobody can ever live. Unfortunately, there's a lot of us that live in the injured self all day long. Yeah. I did for decades. Right. When you start to become aware and you start to work on your own healing. Yeah. The pain body. That, that's what Eckhart Tolle calls the pain body. You're just constantly like in your own pain all day long. Like yeah. you're creating your own misery. Yeah. Campaign of misery. Yeah. yeah. Campaign yeah. of misery. Okay. Yeah. Go and ahead. I'm working on living more and more in the other place which is getting out of my head okay, and not reacting with such intensity to the feelings of my body. Right. And forcing myself when those moments happen to notice the feeling, to say something about it, to reach for a hug to give myself yeah, a hug and the reassurance yeah. to remind myself that the feeling will pass. And according to research, if you don't, resist it or grip, it passes typically in about 90 seconds. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. But knowing that there's two parts of me, the old little me that did the best that she could, that is the injured part. Right. And the adult me that is seeking a different experience from life. I want to own what I experience. I want to be in charge of it. Uh, I want to feel more of those moments of yeah. being in the flow and being connected to the divine and being present in the moment and being out of my freaking head mm -hmm. and in my work or in my family or in the beauty that is Southern Vermont or, you know, being like, like I was right. in that state as we pulled in and I saw you two up here and I'm waving from the car sunroof like, oh my God, they're my friends. <laughs> I'm so excited to see my friends. And then we get out and I'm like, oh my God. Uh, uh, uh right. with the, it fell apart. It's just, yeah, because I'm in the middle of a big transition. Yeah. I'm moving from this 14 day amazing high on a roller coaster that was incredible. Yeah. To refinding my balance as I step into, you know, again, a new home and yeah, a totally different energy. Yeah. Or maybe just a different 14 days. That's going to be yeah. great too. But yeah. it's like, you got to get off that roller coaster. Yeah. You can't stay on it the and whole so time. And so you want to know, here's, here's what I'm going to leave you with. Okay. The injured self is that shaky feeling. Anne calls it the rattle. Oh God. Yeah. That's still there from childhood. Will probably always be there from childhood. Mm -hmm. Going, Hey, remember me? Hmm. There's still a part of me that's sad. There's still a part of me that's scared. Mm -hmm. And it's that period of time after you get off the roller coaster that's divine where you feel shaky until you find your footing again. And that's all that it is. And so the good news for both of us is that you've been flying for two months. Yeah. 
And when you say, I don't feel like myself, what's fucking awesome is you now have an experience of yourself as being a half B golden child. Yeah. Because you are on this fa- on this team. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we all see you. Yeah, like no, everybody is favorite. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I appreciate that now. Literally like from front to back on this conversation, now I feel like, oh, I can just appreciate how I feel. Oh, I was just in a bad mood, you know, like I I feel it. I don't know. I don't know exactly how to say it. I feel better and I feel like I can handle the bad mood a little bit more. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the oil slick that's left, um, you know, whatever, whatever, or maybe it's just kind of talking it out or hear, hearing how you're dealing with it. I I do feel better and I can appreciate like the low part of the roller coaster and mm-hmm. how, you know, and then you just kind of go back up again. But yeah. sometimes when you're at that low, you're looking around for like, did this thing stop? Like, am I ever going to go back up again? Like, this is hard. I don't want to be here, you know? The visual that helps me is this, that I don't visualize like the low of the roller coaster. Okay. If that helps you, do it. Yeah. I visualize getting out of it. Okay. And I'm on that platform. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, right, shaky. Yeah. Because I'm going from this really high, amazing state into kind of my day-to-day life. And that's always where the injured person shows up. Yeah. Wow. So what did you get when you felt that brass corset and you did that exercise with Anne and you, you let it go? What happened? Great question. Anne did a second exercise with me. I'll walk you through it next. Okay, so the second exercise that Ann did with me was this. She said, okay, in the past 14 days, I want you to come up with a very specific memory that really is magical. You were present in the moment. You felt connected. You were happy. And like, just describe a moment like that. And so I described this moment where on Friday night of Parents Weekend, uh, Kendall's music friends, uh, they're all in the pop music program. They just threw like this impromptu thing where kids were doing an open mic night on someone's porch. So here we are in a random neighborhood in downtown LA. (laughs) So freaking awesome. And there was this awesome kid like just banging it out on the kind of keyboard and he was singing these great songs. And there were, I don't know, like 17 kids sitting there and a couple of parents standing around. And all of a sudden Kendall rolls up with her music friends as this awesome kid's playing. And she's got her guitar And the other guy's got like a drum like thing and another one's got a keyboard and somebody else has another guitar. And they were like, the big kids coming in. And (laughs) I like, this is just my vibe, right? And so like as a parent, like, and you got to understand, she's been in this music program for four years. And because of COVID, I've been able to see her 
perform live once. Mm -hmm. That's it. And so she has been in this program for four years, working with these Grammy award-winning artists, the greats of the greats, getting all of this training, music industry stuff. It's just been unbelievable. I've, I've not seen what's going on. So you're about live. to see it go down. And this is just like a casual thing on somebody's yeah. front porch, right? Yeah, right. Peeling paint on the front porch. Oh, like yeah, and bricks falling thing. off yeah, yeah. and like, you know, kind of a window <laughs> up top with duct tape holding it together. Oh, and she gets on that porch. And first things first, she pulls out a guitar and I'm like, oh my God, she's playing guitar in public. Who is this child? Mm. And she starts playing a cover of Ariana Grande. Uh, tell me, I'll, I'll, we'll play a little bit in this thing. Mm -hmm. It is like a freaking angel is singing. And as she was taking the porch, you know, and they're setting up stuff, all about like 25 other people's rolling in. And they're like, hey, I hear Kendall singing. Oh my gosh. So all of a sudden, like all these people start showing oh up. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. And as she starts to sing, all these phones go up. Oh my gosh. And there is this full moon rising oh, above Mel. the teeny little, you know, rundown college right. student house next door. <laughs> right. And her voice was so insane. She was so in her element. I, I just... To witness somebody oh, yeah. in a state like that, like just given their gift, yeah. completely connected to the divine that I think is inside all of us. Mm -hmm. So I just stood, like I was just so in awe of who she's become yeah. and that experience of watching her share this gift and watching the result of years and years and years of work, not only on singing and, and music, but also on her confidence and, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, figuring out who she is. Yeah. And so Anne said, great, close your eyes. Where's that in your body? And so I told her it was kind of like between my belly button and my, my, um, the hell is it called? Uh, pelvis. Mm -hmm. And she said, great. I want you to feel the full moon on you. I want you to hear your daughter's incredible voice. Tell me something I need to know And take my breath and never let it go If you just let me invade your space I'll take the pleasure, take her with the pain And as she told me to do that, and I realized the song I'm visualizing is If You Want to Keep Me, You Gotta Love Me Harder, which is now I'm realizing a message that if you want to keep yourself in that divine state, you got to love yourself a little harder. And so for you in the last two months, like... So, yeah, I was doing that as you as you were saying that about Kendall. I um, lately have wanted to have what, what like they call peak experiences with my kids. Oh, I you love know, that. I, I think we've talked about this before, like where just, I just really want to experience like awe, like pure awe and joy and just being in the moment with my kids, you know, like, and I'm saying like 
once a month. <laughs> you know, like that's it. Like, let's just start there. So I had this really incredible time with my youngest daughter, Jane, this weekend. We were so in the moment. You know what we were doing? What were you doing? Errands. <laughs> we were running errands. I love that. And what did we have to do? I told her all the things we had to do and she wrote them all down. And I was like, you're in charge. You're in charge of the time. We have to get home at noon. We're leaving at 10. You're in charge. Just tell me what we need to do. I know the thing. I know what to do when we get to the store, but you tell me what to do. How about we like play that game? She loves playing games. And we used to do this when she was little, but like, I don't know, it just kind of came up. We went to the paint store. We went to TJ Maxx, of course. We went to Price Chopper. We went to, uh, where else did we go? Like the bookstore and the jewelry store and pick up this and do that. And mom, you have two minutes and dad's going to be waiting for us. Do you want me to call dad? We're going to be a little late if you keep talking to this lady. Da, 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 da. Does she want you a know? job? She, I know. <laughs> she was so good. And I looked at her after the last stop and I said, I'm having a lot of fun right now. And she was like, I am too. <laughs> This is so much fun. Like we used to do this when I, when she was in nursery school and her two older sisters were out and she's like, mom, this is just like so much fun. And she's like, but we're just doing errands. And I was like, you know what? It's allowed. I was like, just Jane, just like humor me. Would you call this a peak experience with me? <laughs> and she was like, you know what, mom? I would like, this is really, really great. So it was really great. It was really great that I didn't have to plan it. It just was spontaneous. We found each other, you know, mm. like my you, divine, as you say, right. Found hers. And we just together made this really awesome thing. So when you're going through that thing with Kendall and your memory of her and putting yourself back in that moment, I went to that moment with, oh, my, that's beautiful. with my Jane. Yeah. That's beautiful. Cause what I, what I also realize in those moments is that we are allowing ourselves to receive. Oh, yeah. There is that yes. reciprocal nature of you're giving love and you're giving positive energy and you are open and receiving it back. And it is pure flow. Yes. It is literally a peak state, a state of flow, yep. because it wasn't hard for Jane to be Jane and it wasn't hard for me to be me. And it is definitely not hard for Kendall to be Kendall yep, yep. and you to be you. And like, and we're all just like feeding each other and feeling fucking awesome. Yes. And getting errands done at the same yes. time for me. Yes. In my case. <laughs> uh, so, so it is this yeah, like incredible win. thing. And so what Anne told me to do is to now close your eyes and locate where is that experience yeah. in your body. Now really allow yourself to feel it. Like you leaning over and looking at her and going, now was that a peak experience for you? <laughs> yeah. Now go back up to your neck where that viscous crap was and kind of zero to 10. Has it gone down? Yeah. Great. Now go back to wherever and where in your body is that? Right in my solar plexus, like right above my belly button, like in between my belly button and my ribs. Amazing. And allow yourself, is this a peak experience, mom? Yeah, right. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Now, what Anne told me is happening, wait to hear this, is that you can just do this little exercise of find like moments where you're freely receiving and giving love, where you're in deep connection, either with nature, a new puppy, 
uh, something you're working on. Yeah. Um, where there's, you're just in that flow state and the resistance isn't there or some moment for yourself. Maybe you're in Shavasana after a, mm -hmm. a class. Maybe you have just had an incredible moment, you know, uh, with your lover, like something where you have allowed this sort of divine peak connection to self or something bigger or another human being to love to come in. Yeah. Find it in your body and allow yourself to feel it and fire it up. Because yeah. what she said to me is that the injured self and all those stored experiences that feel like armor for me or viscous oil for you, those are encoded in your amygdala. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And a different part of the brain needs its circuitry fired up that stores these experiences mm -hmm. of being in deep connection and in a state of flow. And wow. so when you go back and forth between the two and you access that memory for the rest of my life, I can access that memory of Kendall. Yeah. You can access that moment of Jane. Yeah. You can then close your eyes, feel it in your body and fire up a different part of your brain. Right. Which allows you to start to create the circuitry and the muscle mentally tied to the positive emotion. So there's a couple things that I just want to make sure that everybody's tracking with us because this started as what we're probably going to start to call an on-the-fly episode. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I knew that this was going to be an incredible conversation because yeah. Amy is often not in a down mood. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. And... I have just come from a therapy call where I had this life-changing revelation. And I've probably heard these things over and over. Anne's probably said them to me on every therapy call for two years. <laughs> but for some reason today, it really clicked. This idea that there's the divine you and the injured self from childhood. And that the more that you, and most of us live in that injured self, and that's why we say we're stuck and we're on autopilot and we're, you know, sad and, ex and full of excuses and we're creating right. the same Groundhog pattern. Groundhog day, yeah. Yeah, and that there's something else available that you can change, you can rewire your brain. And when you start to notice yourself checking out or feeling sad, quote, not feeling like yourself, yeah, that can be a good sign. Yeah, because it means you've actually experienced something else than the sadness or the anxiety or yeah. those other things. And I feel that now. And I feel the appreciation for that sadness mm -hmm. coming up mm -hmm. because it's in me. It's a part of me. And it's mm -hmm. like, that's okay to come up. And I feel an appreciation for how I normally am. I've grown to really love that person and like really, you know, want to be there more often than not. But it doesn't mean that I can't you know, be sad every once in a while. Of course. That's cool too. Yeah. Yeah. I got a lot out of this conversation. Oh, I did too. I feel a lot better now. Do you? I do. I do feel a lot better. I I have a headache, which means it's a good, that's a good sign for me. Usually. I kind of do too. Like yeah. I've noticed, it's, I feel almost like I feel after taking a standardized test. You know where yeah. you have that like brain? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. kind of feel like I need a Diet Coke. Right. I'm with you. I'll have an athletic brew and go. we'll call it a sponsored episode. <laughs> okay. Speaking. Okay. If that's not divine. Oh, Lord. oh my God. Oh my God. Kendall. 
I, I'm sitting here with Amy and I was just telling the story about you being on the porch singing that song and how it felt like I was experiencing the divine. Oh, it sounds awesome, Kendall. It just Thank sounds you. like such a wonderful time. And your mom played us the video and Aww. we got the chills. Oh, thank you so much for saying something. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Um, Mom, I'm calling you because I'm at the boot store. Oh, okay. I, I sent you a photo of a, boot, a pair of boots that I really like. I wanted you to look at them. Okay. Um, give me five minutes and I'll call you back. Okay, great. Um, I sent you like the, a photo of them and the price too, but I just wanted to, to like see what you thought first. Okay. Uh, you can have the boots. You gave me a religious experience on the porch the other day. <laughs> you didn't tell me it was religious the day after. Are you now just realizing it was? Yeah. Yeah, basically <laughs> you have become that image of you. You know how um, in therapy, whenever I, my therapist is like, okay, what's an image of protection for you? What do I say? Fuck beak. <laughs> <laughs> she said, say it again. Tell everybody what it is. Buckbeak. It's the magical creature from Harry Potter that Hagrid tames and then they pretend to kill, but they don't actually kill. <laughs> and now whenever she tells me to channel the divine and like a flow state, Kendall, and the infinite. So I'm now the new Buckbeak? No, Buckbeak is for protection. You can't protect me. That's yeah, that's not going to happen. Say that's a little. Yeah, I mean you're good at guitar and singing. Yeah, you but can sing, but not. Let's be honest. I'm no, I'm no Buckbeak. Yeah. but I am going to experience that. I'm going to come back to that moment all the time. That moment of standing there in that front yard under a full moon, watching people stop their cars and your friends gather and phones go up, and you channeling something divine in you 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 sharing your gift with the world mm -hmm. oh, i appreciate that all right i'm gonna hang up because i want to finish this podcast that we're taping i love you guys thanks for I calling and saying right. that yeah. i love you okay i love you too goodbye Okay, and now we go from the divine yes. to cowboy boots. Can right. you buy me cowboy boots? Right, right back into real life. See, that's getting yeah. off the roller coaster. Yeah, right. <laughs> Feeling a little shaky. I got a headache. I need a Diet Coke and a cotton candy. Oh, and, they're really know, cute. The boots? Yeah. <gasps> they look like they have like a phoenix oh, on come them. On. Look at this. I have a close-up of the design of the fucking boots. It is Buckbeak. Oh my God. What in the hell is happening? I'm going to tell you so what's crazy. happening, everybody. Yeah. What's happening? Like if you look at him flying from above, that is the shape of him flying. It looks like a dragon. Honest wow. to God, this is wow. freaking oh crazy. The timing of that. So here's why yeah. this is important, everybody. You deserve to access that space of the divine. You deserve to tap into a flow state. You deserve to shift the energy toward getting in the flow. Yeah. And it starts to it starts with noticing where you're gripping and holding on. Yeah. Try the exercises that we just walked you through in real time. And because what happens is when you start paying attention to this state of being in flow, in connection, in love, is that it sends ripple effects that I believe call in crazy yeah. coincidences like 
Kendall, of course, calling. Yeah. Randomly, right after we played her song. Right. Me referencing Buckbeak as a freaking joke. Right, as a joke. And her then looking at the boots she's calling me to buy, and there is a freaking silhouette of what looks like a dragon, which basically is what Buckbeak looks like. Yeah. A flying hawk dragon thing. Yeah. In the sky. It is... You know what I call these, everybody? Signs. Amen. These and paying attention to the signs and coincidences and magical things that happen in life and calling them out. That is how you also strengthen the circuitry in your brain that is wired for flow and connection and all this incredible magic in your life. Right. Period. Right. Like for those of you that have read The High Five Habit, you know that the exercise about looking for hearts that occur naturally in the world, like a heart-shaped cloud or our new puppy has a heart-shaped yes. freckle on his nose. Yeah. Or heart-shaped stone or heart-shaped like stain on the ground right. or heart shape in your coffee. Right. When or heart-shaped pee stain from the little puppy. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. If you... Just play a game with yourself. This is one way you can start to tap into this state, start to train your brain for something other than freaking complaining. Right. And other feeling than miserable. Like, right. Right. Look for a heart shape today. And when you see it, I want you to do something that's going to sound cheeseball. But this is brain stuff. You ready? I want you to look at and be like, by God, Mel Robbins put that there for me mm. to find. I want you to allow yourself to let a little magic in. If you can pick it up, pick it up and put it in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Take it home. Put it on your shelf in front of you. Right. Take a picture. Start calling out the signs of things going right. Start noticing when you're gripping, when you're holding on, when you don't feel like yourself. Both Amy and I did not feel like ourselves today. Yeah. And just very casually, we just sat here talking about something else. And I'm like, how are you doing? And she said, honestly... Not so great. And where it led us is somewhere amazing. Yeah, it's true. God, I love you. I love you too, Mel. I'm glad you're home. It feels more like home mm. when you're here. Thank you. That's great. Thank you. Okay, everybody. So um, you want to see those boots? Go look in the show notes. <laughs> I come out. I'll put some photos of some hearts there too that people find. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Amy and I just want to say, look, we love you. We believe in you. You deserve to feel in the flow. Yeah. Peak steak. Anybody that wants to come do errands with me on a Saturday, <laughs> I will show you how to be in a peak state because that's when I'm in my zone. I, I love it when people are in their zone. Like we're all better off when you're in the flow and you're doing your thing. So I'm glad that we're, we're doing this and helping people get there and feel it. Yeah. We're going to send you out with the best reminder, which is you got to love yourself a little harder. Yeah. Kendall Robbins covering Ariana Grande. Stitcher. 